we have all invested time, energy, and effort into losing weight. Today I want to talk about what we can do to maintain the weight loss that we've achieved in the healthiest possible way. Hello wellness warriors, I'm Violet Rivera, your keto psychologist. The reason that I make these videos is to help you to understand that it's your physical health and mental health coming together that creates that overall sense of well-being. If you want more videos like this, subscribe, hit the bell so that you can see when my next videos are coming up. Weight loss is something that most of us have tried to do at some point in time. I know for myself, I early on figured out that trying to lose weight was a very frustrating situation. And so for many years, I actually didn't do much to try to manage or regulate my weight. And the few occasions where I made a concerted effort to do it, I'd have a short-term period of success that wouldn't last and that would leave me frustrated and aggravated and basically led to my position that I will weigh whatever I weigh and then I'll go on with life. I've already made a video talking about the real way to lose weight permanently. And I'm going to link that video up above the, the, the secret to permanent fat loss. But today, what I want to talk about is what happens when you actually get to your goal and now you need to live your life and try to maintain this, you know, new weight. So a lot of the times I notice that when, when I was trying to lose weight, when I've talked to people who are trying to lose weight, the motivation to initially lose weight is often about, you know, summer's coming, I'm going to need to wear shorts, or there's some events that I want to wear a specific dress or whatever for and realizing, oh my gosh, I can't fit that dress anymore. And one of the things that I think hurts us in our weight loss journey is the focus on a short term reason for doing what we're doing. The first tip that I'm going to give you, and there's three of them. And the first tip I'm going to give you for permanent weight loss well into your future. So this is now the long haul. How do we lose weight and keep it off forever? Number one, think long term. Most of us are willing to sacrifice in the short term to get a long term gain. However, most of the time we're willing to do that because that short term sacrifice we know will end and then life will be either back to normal or even better than what it was before. You know, common examples of this is how deciding to become parents. Like we get our new little baby, we bring that baby home and all of a sudden, whoever's going to be the primary caretaker knows that they're no longer going to sleep through the night anymore, right? For the next however many months, because the baby cannot sleep through the night, they need to feed every few hours. So in my case, I stayed up many, many nights so that my spouse could go to sleep and be able to go to work the next day. But what did that mean for me? Well, it meant that I was not sleeping. It meant that I was tired, but there was a short term inconvenience for the long term of eventually my baby would get to be the age where she no longer needed to wake up every few hours, which takes a few months, right? Again, that short term inconvenience for me so that he could go to work and, you know, actually make, keep his job because he's not falling asleep at work. We are willing to make short-term sacrifices if we can see that the long-term gain is there. The same is true of weight loss. You know, I've researched and learned about, you know, the cabbage diet, the, you know, like, well, most normal diets, which is a restrictive, like just take your calories down to X and you do that for a few months. Most diets like this are looking for short-term negative that's gonna give you a long-term gain. 
And so most people are willing to do this short-term negative for this supposed long-term gain. Here's the problem. Unlike a job where I'm going to sacrifice my vacations for a few, maybe two or three years to move up in the company, and then I've moved up and therefore I get the positive of being higher in the company. When we're talking about weight loss, that short-term negative that you live gives you a short-term result. It's not a long-term gain. And this is where people make mistakes. See, when you're trying to lose weight and live a healthier life, if we're not thinking long-term, we're making a mistake. Because if we're not thinking long-term, then we're actually not going to be successful in our weight loss. So the first tip that I'm giving you to actually lose weight and keep it off is understand that any diet that's explaining to you how you're going to do the diet for X number of months and then hit your goal and then be able to go back to eating what you were eating is lying to you. And I can actually say that. I can say that the diet plan is lying to you because of one basic thing. The foods that you were eating that got you to this current weight are not going to magically affect your body differently after you've lost some weight and then go back to eating them. The foods that you were eating that got you to this heavy weight are going to continue to be problematic for you when you get to your new goal. Part one is we need to think long term. Now part two builds on number one because part two is meal planning. If you want to live your life at a healthier weight, you need to plan your meals. And it's a really basic reason why I'm asking you to plan your meals. First of all, if you're doing what I would suggest, which is living a healthy ketogenic lifestyle, you're probably going to lose weight in a relatively short period of time. And I say relatively. Considering that on the many different occasions that I tried to lose weight, usually I lost something like, if I was lucky, 10 to 15 pounds over a period of maybe eight months to a year, and yet was not able to maintain that weight loss past the year. So if I've lost it and then I regained it by 18 months after I've started the diet, what I'm trying to help you to see is that that was a short-term solution to a long-term problem. That's never going to work. What you actually need is to have a long-term solution to the long-term problem. And since most of us have been overweight more than five to 10 years, when we're seriously looking at a different way of doing life to solve the problem, Understanding that meal planning is the center of all of this is really key because if I plan my meals, then I know what I'm eating this evening. And so once I know what I'm eating this evening, when I get home, there's no question marks. I eat what I've planned. If I don't plan, even if I've been really, really good all the way up until I get close to my goal or at goal, because I wasn't planning my meals, there's always that lingering, oh, I want to have this, I want to have that, that I'm going to be fighting. Especially if you're doing a ketogenic lifestyle, because within a seven-month period, you could potentially have lost quite a bit of weight. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to encourage people to do keto. I'm just saying that because that's typically what we see. That when someone meal plans on a ketogenic lifestyle and sticks to their meal planning, very often they lose significant amounts of weight in seven months to a year. Why that's important? Seven months to a year, if I've been kind of eating well and then not eating well and then kind of eating well and I really haven't created a good habit yet of eating well, 
versus if it took me five years to lose all the weight, chances are I fought more uphill at creating good habits. And then those habits are more likely to stick with me than if I've done it in seven months. And habits are the thing that get us in trouble. Okay, why am I saying that? Well, my habit of, oh, I'm running late, I'm just gonna grab a sandwich. Oh, I'm running late, I'm just gonna grab a, some kind of power bar or granola bar or something. Oh, I'm running late, I'm just gonna drink a shake. Those habits will still be tempting to us. If you wanna be healthy, the first thing you need to do is meal plan and understand that meal planning is the cornerstone of making sure that every time I eat a meal, it's the meal that's gonna fuel me, not just right now, but it's also the meal that's gonna build the healthier body that I'm trying to live in forever. Meal planning helps us in the situations where maybe something happens at work and we're staying there late. If I know exactly what I was supposed to eat today, even if I had to stay at work late, I can still come home and just make that meal because I knew that that was what I was supposed to eat rather than getting home, being tired, not really having a clue what I wanna eat. And again, going for the things that I'm used to eating that are fast and not healthy for me. I mean, honestly, that was my story. I work late. I usually finish work somewhere around eight o'clock. And every night when I got home, trying to figure out what supper was when I'm already tired, yeah, that wasn't a good recipe for Violet eating well. But getting home and already knowing in advance, oh yeah, I took that meat out to have with that vegetable, simple meals that I could make in 20-ish minutes, that was easy for me to do and fuel myself, be happy that I ate something and get on with the rest of my night. Meal planning is crucial to that. And whether you're going to meal plan simple meals like what I do, because again, no, I don't love being in the kitchen, but that's okay because that's my lifestyle, or you're going to meal plan more um, elaborate meals, that's not really the point. The point is if I know what I'm eating, then I'm much more likely to go home and eat that rather than deciding on the fly. Now, the one other thing that I do feel meal planning helps us to combat is emotional distress. So unfortunately, a lot of us have learned to self-soothe with food. Here's the thing. If I'm meal planning, then when something goes wrong in my life and I'm maybe feeling like I need to eat something high in carb, like lasagna or high in carb like ice cream, but I know already that I'm supposed to have X for dinner, guess what? If there's any possibility that I'm gonna truly take care of myself today, I'm gonna take care of myself with the healthy food if it's something that I've been thinking about. Part of what's so great about meal planning is it gets you thinking about the actual foods you're eating. When you know that you're eating this on Monday, this on Tuesday, and this on Wednesday, because you planned that far out, let's say, maybe you've even planned the whole week, it gets you thinking about what is it that I'm gonna use to fuel my body. And it gets you thinking about the fact that food is fuel, that fuel food is building blocks. It gets you thinking that the reason I eat is to help me to stay healthy. And if there's anything emotional happening, I'll take care of that by talking to friends, talking to my therapist, like doing something that solves the problem that I was having, but that I'm not going to use food to solve a problem that's not about food. Which brings us to number three. The third thing that you're going to do that's going to make sure that the weight loss success that you've had stays a success from now going forward is prioritizing health over taste. And I know I say this all the time, 
but it's the cornerstone of what we're trying to accomplish here. You see, if I'm going to truly maintain this new weight that I figured out is healthier for me, then I actually need to know that the foods that I'm eating are the thing that helps me to stay at this healthier weight. So that means that I need to understand how the foods I eat affect my health and then make choices based on my health rather than strictly baking choices on taste. Understand what I'm saying. I'm in no way saying that I want you to eat foods that taste disgusting. That's a short-term weight loss goal. What I am saying is I want you to eat things that are delicious, healthy, and that you will be able to eat forever. When I'm thinking long-term and I'm meal planning, and then I take this last one and I'm focusing on what is healthy to eat, that's me planning forever. You see, what we don't often think about is what do carbohydrates do in our bodies, right? Like it's known that carbohydrates are inflammatory in us. That's why our body tries so hard to keep us at five grams of carbs. Not four, not seven. It's working to keep us around five. Why? Because that's what's healthy for us. When our body is at five, then we are functioning better because that's the number of carbohydrates that our body needs to do all the daily processes that it needs to do. So now here's the thing. Carbohydrates are an energy source. And if I'm trying to prioritize my health over the taste of food, I need to be honest with myself that carbohydrates, although they're just an energy source, taste better than a lot of the other foods that I might be seeking to eat. And I say taste better. So here's what's funny. For the average person, carbohydrates taste really good. So think ice cream, think cookies, think chips, think french fries, like think spaghetti. Think like there's a lot of foods that are high in carbohydrate that we love to eat. Think bread. But flip that coin over and think about your children. So anybody out there who has a child, and I want you to really think back when that little person took their first taste of dessert. Most children spit that out and make a face and don't enjoy it. Initially, when you first give a little baby fruit, they spit it out and it's hard to get them to eat it. And then it switches and then eventually they love it. Now, again, we're talking about what tastes good as an adult versus what initially tasted good to a baby. And we realized that funny enough, they didn't seem to enjoy it at first. They, they learned to enjoy it. If I understand that to be the case, babies don't spit out breast milk, but they spit out that first taste of sweet. If I understand that to be the case, then it's telling me something, right? It's telling me something about today, right? We don't start off chasing that flavor. When I understand how, how carbohydrates affect my health, which is poorly, carbohydrates cause a lot of metabolic syndromes that we live. Carbohydrates have been linked to Alzheimer's, Carbohydrates has been linked to health problems, um, heart, blood pressure, uh, many things. When we, when we talk about those negatives that carbohydrates bring to the story in terms of your health, on top of causing us to gain weight, we have to figure out, okay, so if what I'm doing is trying to prioritize my health over taste, what's the flip of this? Well, where's the other energy source? It's fat. Interestingly enough, when we eat good quality fats. Now, I'm not talking about canola oil, um, any kind of vegetable. I'm talking about naturally occurring fats. So the fat that comes along with the meat that you tend to eat, doesn't matter what, what meat, the fat that comes along with the fish, the fat in eggs, 
any oils that you can get cold pressed. So now we're talking avocado, olive, you know, any of the um, fats that you can get coconut cold pressed, those are real naturally occurring oils that are healthy to eat. Why are these things important? If you eat naturally occurring fat, that's partially good because it's giving you nice clean energy and then partially good because it's giving you um, the other building blocks that you need. Protein gives you the amino acids you need to build your body and these healthy oils and fats give you the fats you need to build your body. Consider that every single cell on our body is made up of fats, right? So we need these elements to build our bodies. As much as it has been that over the last uh, 70, 80, 100 years, we've been switched to thinking that carbohydrates are healthy for us. One of the things that we do know that will always be the case is that every time you eat excessive amounts of carbohydrates, your body stores them away as fat. Now, the truth is, anything you eat in excess, your body will store away as fat. So I'm not gonna pretend like if you eat excessive amounts of fat, your body isn't gonna store it away as fat. But what's very interesting to me is how much do you need to eat for it to be considered excessive? Well, in our body, anything over 20 grams of carbohydrates starts to get stored away as fat. So for me, that becomes the cutoff point. 20 grams of carbs or more would be excessive to a human body. Let's think about this for a second. The average person eats about 300 per day. So you're eating 280 extra grams of carbohydrates daily that's getting put away compared to how much fat can you actually eat before it starts to get put away? I know that I'm in maintenance and last time I checked on occasion, I've eaten as much as 120 grams of fat in a day um, easily. My point is you can eat so much more fat. I'm not even sure what the math would be, but I'm sure it's more than a thousand calories worth of energy just from fat. That's on top of the protein, and whatever carbs I happen to eat in the day. And I'm in maintenance, right? I know that I eat more calories now than I did when I was trying to lose weight. What's my point? If I don't understand how the food impacts my body, I'm not gonna make good choices. If I don't understand that both carbohydrates and fats are energy sources, and that carbohydrates harm my body, whereas, well, excessive amounts of carbohydrates or harm my body versus fats that are from a good quality source keep me healthy, just be careful because vegetable oil, canola oil, these, these man-made oils do harm our bodies. They do cause inflammation. I'm not gonna lie and say that they don't. It's about understanding what you're eating, understanding the effect of what you're eating on your body and then making those good choices. These three tips work together. Thinking long-term, meal planning, and prioritizing your health over the taste of food work together because when I'm thinking long-term and I'm meal planning, then I'm meal planning with the idea that I'm trying to find foods that I love that I will be able to eat well into my future. And I'm making those meals based on the information I have about how food affects me. I really hope that this has helped you to see how you can maintain your current weight well into the future because it's not true that keto is not sustainable. It absolutely is sustainable when you do it appropriately. This is not a short-term diet. It's a lifelong way of eating that's gonna help you to live a happy, healthy, 
life with a body that's hopefully functioning better today because you've made these changes and it's going to be much more strong and flexible and get you living that life that you really want to live in the very short future. I want to thank you for watching Mind-Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. To contribute to the production of videos, you can go to Teespring. I do have t-shirts. Amazon links are in the description below as well as Patreon in the description below. Thanks for watching. And I really love talking to my wellness warriors. Everybody who's new, subscribe, ring the bell, do the thing so you know when the next video is coming out. Talk to you again next week.